talk about community. And if you don't know what that means, you're about to. Um, community is basically the people that you live, work, minister, love, and spend your time with. Community is basically like the large version of family. Okay? Um, one of the best parts about camp, any camp, is the fact you get to experience community a lot better than you do at home. Because, I mean, honestly, how often do you actually get to spend time hanging out with this many people at once? Not very often. And you may go to school with a lot of people, but it's not like you actually talk and hang out and enjoy your time at school with this many people, do you? Um, we are supposed to be in community together. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, just to point this out, you guys have seen like uh, how there are superhero teams like, there's the Avengers, there's the Justice League, there's the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. There's all these different superhero teams. You ever stopped and wondered why some people are on those teams? Because let's be real, real honest. If you've got Superman, and you've got Wonder Woman, who's basically the same as Superman, just with lady stuff, parts and hair and prettiness. She's a superhero just like Superman. Uh, you've got Green Lantern, who can make anything out of his ring. And you've got all these superpower people. Why do you need Batman? Um, because here's, here's all I'm saying. He's a guy in a suit. If you've got a guy like the Flash who can run around the planet, if you've got Superman who can do bow anything like on a superhero level, why do you need a guy in a suit with some toys? Or let's, let's go to the Avengers. Um, in the Avengers, you've got Iron Man. You know, his suit's cool. You've got Thor, who literally, you know what Thor can do. You've got Captain America. You've got the Hulk. Then in the background, you've got a dude with a bow and an arrow and a lady with a little gun. I know you've got Black Widow and Hawkeye, but why do they need to be there? Do they really do anything? Now, sometimes we think about ourselves in that same way, like, I don't really need to be involved with these people. They don't really need me. People, they keep Batman on the Justice League because he keeps them together. He keeps their heads together. He gives them plans, and he's smart, and he thinks things through better than people with powers. And um, if you know these stories, people like that, you think they don't really need to be there. They don't really serve a purpose. Because, I mean, you got Hulk smashing through giant monsters and Black Widow going pew, 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 pew. What's why? But God created us to be in community with the other, each other. How many of you ever feel like you spend most of your time alone? I spend most of my day in and day out time. I'm either ba- I'm not babysitting with my children. I'm either working with my children or I'm working with other people, but as far as like hanging out with friends and fellowshipping and having a good community, I spend a lot of my time alone, and it's discouraging. Uh, the first negative statement in the Bible, anybody know what it is? Out of all the Bible, when the Bible starts out, we have all these wonderful positive statements about God did this, and God did this, and it was good, and it was good. Who does the first negative statement? Anybody? Yeah. That's a negative, that's for sure, but that's not the first negative statement. Um, Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. 
You're, don't wait. Or just wait. You're going to find out. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. This is the first negative statement in the whole Bible. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. Look at that. The first negative statement in the Bible is that God pointed out it's not good for us to be alone. And he goes on to say, and this is referring to Adam and Eve, I will make him a helper as his compliment. I will make him someone to be beside him, to work with him. God said the first negative thing we have recorded in Scripture is that it is not good for us to be alone. It is not good for us to try and be alone. And do you think God meant that as just like, oh, look, he's alone right now. You shouldn't be alone right now. Or did he think it's never good for us to be alone? We're meant to live in community. We're meant to live in fellowship. And one of the biggest problems that we have as Christians, now remember, going back to where we started, we addressed that sin separates us from God and causes destruction like the We know that sin also separates us from our Father and makes us orphans-like. And that the real Son who came to save us was not Superman, but... And that when we follow Jesus, God gives us power to follow Him. And that also God gives us a what? A light to shine to the world. Okay, we've established all of these things. But you know what? If we are living and doing everything by ourselves... And we're not work, walking with other Christians and we don't have other Christians in our lives. That means we have less power because we're doing things just with us. That means our light is dimmer because we're not working together with others to make it brighter. And that if something happens to us, if we get hurt, like our feelings hurt, or if we get discouraged or we get scared, we don't have anybody to fall back on. Now... Imagine what um, Avengers would have been like if uh, the Hulk wasn't in it and them trying to do all that without him. Or imagine, let's just say, if the whole Avengers took place with just Hawkeye. Wouldn't have worked because it was a team. It was a team effort. And we don't need uh, the Avengers or superheroes to tell us that we need to work in a team. We don't need that because God teaches us this. God teaches us that we need to work together. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes. It's in the neighborhood of Psalms, if you don't know where that is. Ecclesiastes. It's right actually right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes, and we're going to be going to chapter 4. And I did not turn my phone off because I did not remember to do that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. By the way, who wrote Ecclesiastes? Solomon. What was Solomon's claim to fame? That he was the wisest man in the whole wide world. Who was his dad? David. Good job. Make sure you know this stuff. 
Um, it always helps you to understand what you're reading when you know who helped write it. If you understand that this kid was the, like, the child of, up until that point, the greatest biblical figure in human history of David, and that he, God gave him wisdom. So always try and keep track of who's writing what you're reading, okay? Ecclesiastes 4. Let me pick which verse to start here. All right, let's go ahead and verse 8. There is a person without a companion, meaning there's a person alone, without even a son or a brother, though there is no end to all his struggles, his eyes are still not content with riches. So what am I struggling for, he asks, and depriving myself good? This too is futile and a miserable task. Solomon starts out by saying, look, if I'm working by myself and I don't have anyone to be with me, and if I don't have any friends, if I don't have someone to share what I'm doing with, why am I bothering? If we are doing everything for ourselves and by ourselves, it feels like it's pointless and there's no reason to even do it. There's no reason to even try if we're by ourselves all the time. But look at what it says in verse 9. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their efforts. Pretty much any time you team up with somebody else to work together on something, you get a better result. I brought Basha. You know why I brought Basha? Because she's cooler than me. And she's a better musician than me. And I knew that if I came in here and led worship by myself, eh, it'd probably go fine. But it's better with Basha. I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's better with Basha. And because I knew that it would be better if I had somebody working with me, not just working with me in talent, but I know Basha's heart. And I know that Basha didn't want to come and play and look at me, I'm fancy. You know, she came because she wanted to help you worship God. And because of that, we were working together. When two people work together, they have a better reward for their efforts. Um, Verse 10, for if either falls... His companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Now that may be, that may be literal or that be, may be a metaphorical sense. I've been literal where I've fallen before and I needed somebody to pick me up. One time I fell down a flight of stairs and um, I couldn't get up. I literally, I don't think anything was broken, but the, the shock and disorientation of it, I literally had fallen down, I went to ECU, which is a college near me in North Carolina, and my wife, who I was dating then, I went to go visit her, and I was leaving her dorm at ECU, and I tripped, and I fell down the stairs, like the whole flight of stairs, and I was, I was just hurting, and I, I was like, I pulled my cell phone out of my pocket, and I'm just laying on the ground, and I like called Danielle, and I'm like, pick me up. She's like, you drove here. I'm like, no, walk downstairs and pick me up. <laughs> and because I literally could not get up on my own. She came down and you know, brought a bunch of ice packs. And I sat there for about an hour or two until I felt like I wasn't dying. And then I went home. That was a literal sense. But you know what? We get knocked down a lot as Christians. Our feelings get hurt. We get scared. We get frustrated. 
we get tired and we get knocked down. And you know what? If we get knocked down, sometimes it's really hard to get back up. Sometimes it's really hard to keep going. Have a seat, sir. Sometimes it's really hard to keep going. But if we have somebody walking with us, then we can get back up a lot easier. Going on. Let's go to verse 12. And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. How many of you guys were cool and went and made a paracord bracelet in crafts yesterday? How many cords are in a paracord bracelet? But you fold them and make them four. Para, four cord bracelet. This bracelet is stronger because it's in a strand of four than if it was in a strand of one. If it was in a strand of one, I could just go and break it probably hurt my teeth, but I would definitely lose a tooth or two if I tried to bite through this. When you have more than one together, your efforts are stronger. There's a greater reward. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. A cord of four strands will break your teeth. That's, that's my verse. Um, I broke my so let me ask you, it's cool to have friends here. I guess I'm not asking anything. Never mind. It's cool to have friends here at camp. It's cool to have people that you relate with and that you can be in your cabin with and you can be like, best friends, and oh, I'm going to be your best friend forever and we're going to write you and we're going to call you and I'm going to send you Facebook messages. I'm going to bake you cookies if you come to my house. And you get all those kind of best friend actions going on when you're at camp. And you're like, dude, you and me, we're friends forever. Yeah. And you know, that's what the guy's side sounds like. Um, like chest bumps. Um, we have this great community when we're at camp. But you know what happens when we leave camp? We're by ourselves again. Sometimes we're by ourselves again. And God does not want us to be by ourselves. God wants us to live in community. To work together. To have friends. To have fellowship. And... Listen, God, you know, when we're talking about this whole being alone thing, it's God's not just saying, I want you to have good friends. God wants you to have somebody to walk with you as you walk with him. That's the image I want you to keep, okay? God wants you to have someone to walk with you while you walk with him. God wants you to have a companion while you walk with him. And we see that in Ephesians, or not in Ephesians, but in Ecclesiastes. But, so let's, let's think about it. If when we leave camp, we lose this great big community we have, we lose our team, our team breaks up, you know, our Avengers disassemble, so to speak. Um, what can we do to keep a good community, to keep... Our, to not be alone, to keep our spirits together, to keep somebody to walk with us, what can we do? How do you stay connected? Not just, not just with the people here. What do you do when you go back home? 
Facebook is nice, but Facebook is no substitute for actually having someone walk with you. Listen, I have plenty of friends that are just on Facebook that I haven't seen since, like, high school. But you need somebody not to text with you while you walk with him, but to actually walk with you while you walk with him. Now, I'm not saying if you've got a friend on Facebook, they're not really your friend or anything like that. But I'm saying you need somebody to with you. Um, how many of you guys have ever heard of Billy Graham? Exactly. It's okay. Um, Billy Graham is currently probably one of the greatest evangelists living. Um, he's more than likely probably going to go home to be with the Lord soon. He's about the same age as Miss Marilyn um, that you guys saw in your video. And, um, but Billy Graham was this amazing evangelist. And when you get older, you'll probably read some stuff by him or watch a sermon or something. But Billy Graham was this amazing evangelist. He preached the gospel. He would have these things called crusades where he would literally send a team of people into a city for like two weeks before he got there just getting the city ready praying and preaching and sharing the word so that when he came into town, they would all gather together like in a football coliseum and he would preach the gospel and people would just get saved left and right and people would grow closer to God. And you know what? He modeled it after what we see in Luke with Jesus. Jesus sent his disciples before him, got the city ready, and when Jesus came, they came together. Billy Graham is just this amazing evangelist. And one of the cool things about Billy Graham is he didn't just minister to people in the church. He actually hung out with Hollywood celebrities and stuff of his time period. Billy Graham was such a loving, warm person that he got invited to like, and I know you guys aren't going to know who I'm talking about, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin were these big celebrities back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. They invited Billy Graham to their functions because they enjoyed his company. Now, can you imagine two of the biggest partying people in the world inviting Billy Graham to their parties? That would be the effectiveness of, let's say, you guys ever heard of Francis Chan? Nope. All right, let's just say this. That would be like, um, let me pull somebody out of here. That would be like, um, Kanye West and Nicki Minaj inviting Uncle Paul to the party. And that's about what it was. And Billy Graham would go to these things and he would be himself. He would share the gospel even in the middle of all these other people. But here's the cool thing about Billy Graham. He had a sidekick. Billy Graham had somebody whose sole job, literally this was his paid position, his sole job was to accompany Billy wherever he went. And you know why? To help him. To make sure he didn't stumble. To make sure he didn't fall. To make sure he didn't make poor decisions. To make sure that if he had a question in his mind, if what he was about to do was right or wrong, he would have somebody beside him to walk with him. He was one of the best preachers of his time. But he didn't try and walk by himself. He had somebody with him just to keep him strong as he was supposed to be. Well, here's the answer to the question I was getting at. When you leave here, more than likely you can't take all the camp with you and you don't have enough income to pay somebody to be your Jesus sidekick. 
So if you do, um, I have a resume, and you know, I'll, you can send your parents can send me large sums of money, um, or Basha. Um, but you're not going to have all those options. But you know what you do have? Church. Now, most of you look at the church as a place you go on Sundays or Wednesdays. But the church is not a building. The church is the people of God gathered together. The church just meets in a building. If you follow Jesus, if you're a part of the family of God, then you are the church. Look around. That's the church. And you know what? We're supposed to be the church. The church doesn't just exist for preaching. The church exists for these reasons, what we talked about, about being in community with each other. Because we need people to walk with us while we walk with Jesus. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is right before James, after the epistles. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. How many times do you honestly even worry about what somebody else is going through? When we look at someone, when we look at situations, we're primarily thinking about what does this do for me? What does this treat me like? How do I benefit? We're told we need to be concerned for everyone else. To think about everyone else before we think about ourselves. But it says, let us be concerned for one, about one another in order to promote love and good works. Verse 25, not staying away from our worship meetings or assembling together as some habitually do, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. The author of Hebrews here is saying, we need to get together as Christians. We need to spend time together with the Christians so that we can be better Christians, so that we can walk closer to Jesus. Let's be, let's be super honest. How many of you actually go to church on a regular basis when you get home? Thank you for being honest, because not everybody does. And you know what? When I was a missionary, I, had a, I even had the habit, if I wasn't speaking at a church, I really wanted to kind of just sleep in. Because I worked at camp seven days a week. And I had to preach seven days a week. And so getting up and going to church one more time really was like, oh man, really? I preached seven hours this week. Do I really need to go again? But it's not about just hearing somebody speak. Being involved in church is about establishing a community, having a family of believers that you can walk with. Because what did we read earlier? The reward for two is better than the reward for one. If you fall by yourself, no one can pick you up. But when we have a church family, when we have people walking beside us, we're stronger. We're better. 
Now, I was a missionary for seven or for nine years, and I didn't get to go to church on a regular basis because I did speak at a lot of churches. I didn't, ha- I didn't have a church where it was my church family. I was at a different church every week because that was part of what I had to do. Um, I, when I left the camp ministry and went to go be a pastor, I've been at the same church almost every Sunday for going on four years now. And every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, and sometimes Saturday and Friday, we're at church for something. And we've established this great relationship with the people there. And my daughters have more family at church than they do in their actual blood family. They have people that they know love them and take care of them. I have people I know that I can talk to. When my mom died, there were people showing up at my house at 1 o'clock in the morning with pie. Pie didn't necessarily make that situation better. But I I found out that my mom had died at about 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. I went to the hospital, did everything I could, and literally, there was an old lady named Miss Andrina on my front porch at 1 o'clock in the morning waiting with a pie and a hug. My college students that I work with, Some of my college students were waiting at my door at the same time. They were there because they knew in my heart I had fallen and I needed somebody to pick me back up. You don't want to ever go through life alone. And some of you think, I need a boyfriend. That's why I'm not alone. Listen, ladies, a boyfriend is no substitute for the community of God. Gentlemen, you know better. Because, um, hey, if I ever hear you walked up to a lady and said, the Bible says it's not good for me to be alone, I'm going to find you. Okay? I'm going to find you. Um, don't, don't, don't use it like that. It's not that kind of party. Um, but we are told... To walk in community with each other. We are told that that's what we're here for. That that's what the church exists for. Hey boys, can you sit somewhere else or shut that door, one or the other? If you can come sit out here or just sit somewhere. Not back there either, dude. I need you two to go somewhere other than the front. Come on, man. You're holding me up. No, other than the front. Just go to the back. You guys go ahead. We are told to live in community, to walk with each other. Because, guys, it's so hard to do things on our own. It's so hard to be alone and go through things. And I I hate to say this because it's discouraging. I don't mean to rain on your parade. Um, But the older you get, the more alone you're going to be at times. And the more important it's going to be to have that community. Because you know what? I'm married. My wife is literally one of the coolest people in the world. She's ridiculously talented. She's a million times smarter than me. She's pretty. Um, We have three children together. Um, She bakes me stuff. She even, like, lets me go to comic book conventions and stuff. No problem. Um, 
She's just a cool person. And I love my wife. But you know what? Even though I'm married and have such a wonderful woman, I still am alone at times. I have three children. I, can, I cannot walk in my house and hear quiet. It's impossible. But even though I hear that, I still am alone at times. Because I need more than just people in my presence. I need people that are walking with me as I walk with God. I need people walking with me as I walk with God. And that's what we were created for. You're created to walk with others, and others are created to walk with you. If you're a Christian, you need that. If you're a Christian, you need that. Now, let's go ahead and turn to um, Acts. Chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Let's look at verse 42, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This was after Jesus had died, resurrected, gone into heaven, and thousands of people were joining the church. Thousands of people were giving their lives to Jesus and becoming a part of the community of faith. And look at what happens. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. Fellowship is walking with each other. The breaking of bread into prayer. Listen, once the people got saved, they said, I am devoting myself. I am committing myself to walk with you while you walk with Jesus because we don't need to do it alone. They devoted themselves to that. You know, there's a difference between, uh, it's Sunday, I'm going to go to church and text the whole time the pastor's talking. And one of my biggest pet peeves with my church right now and some of the youth in my church, they spend, they'll, they'll get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of church and they'll spend their whole time in the bathroom taking selfies in the photo, in the bathroom, in the mirror. And, you know, I get updates. I, all, I follow all of my youth group on Facebook. Um, and so I'll be getting updates in my pocket while I'm preaching of my youth group girls in the bathroom, like, doing all that. That's not devotion. That's not devotion. That's showing up to a place and then being distracted. We're shown that we need to be devoted to walking with each other and loving each other and taking care of each other. We're told we need to be devoted. Look at this. Verse 44. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They worked together in everything. Verse 45. They sold their possessions and property and distributed all the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. They said, look, some of us are rich, some of us are poor. Let's just sell everything and make sure everybody has what they need. Do you know anybody that loves you like that, that they would literally sell all that they have just to make sure you had enough? That's what the church looked like. That's what the model that we have to follow. That they said, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to make sure you are taken care of. That's what we're supposed to be. 
Check this out. Every day, this is verse 46, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate food with joyful and humble attitudes, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to those the number who were being saved. Listen, they didn't just, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the church. And then once they did that, they devoted to going home and hanging out with each other. Because it's not good for man to be. We aren't supposed to walk alone. They devoted themselves to that. And you know what? Because of the way they devoted themselves and the way they really lived out their faith, the Bible says every day, every day, people were coming to know Jesus. Because you know what? One of the best ways to let your light shine is to actually walk with somebody. To walk alongside them when they're hurting. To feed them when they're hungry. To have a relationship with them when they need to not be alone. But if you're not walking with somebody, all you're doing is flashing a light in their direction and be like, Hi! And then running away. When you walk with someone, it's like, here's my light. This is where I'm going. Walk with me. You know... Well, when we got here, I gave the kids that came with me and Basha, I gave them a flashlight um, and so they would have one if they needed it for the week so that they could see where they were going. It would have been a lot different if I pulled my flashlight and said, that's camp, bye. I'm not walking them to their cabins every night, but I at least help them have lights so they could walk with. If we want to truly let people see Jesus, we need to walk with them so that they can see what Jesus looks like. But more than just reaching out to others, if you want to be a healthy Christian, if you want to stay strong, if you want to grow, you need to have someone you're walking with. You need to have somebody you're walking with. Now, let me ask you this. Did Jesus walk alone? Who did Jesus walk with? The disciples. Now, Jesus walked with the disciples in some senses to teach them. But did you see at times in Scripture that Jesus was sad? That he was burdened? The night before Jesus died, where did he go? The mountain to pray. And what, did, what was the one thing he asked of those disciples that went with him? To watch and pray with him. Because he knew what was coming. Even Jesus wanted somebody to walk with him. He knew he was going to die. He knew what was coming. He knew, listen, whose prayer is more effective? Jesus or three dudes? Jesus. So if Jesus could pray all by himself and it be fine, did he really need to take those disciples? He didn't have to. He could have. Listen, Jesus' prayer outweighed Peter and John as far as their prayer life. You know, the prayer of a righteous man availed much. Jesus outranks them. But Jesus took those guys with them because even Jesus wanted somebody to walk with. Uh, one more verse challenge. Find this verse. You can get a prize later. Where two or three are gathered in my name. For wherever two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. When we walk 
together as believers, it's a bigger chance for God to work with us. Sure, we talk about superhero teams that save the world and all this stuff, but listen, you walking with other believers is going to make a much bigger difference than the Avengers ever did in this world. You walking with other Christians is better than any Justice League or X-Men. You can be that team that literally changes the world. Um, this painting, that I, this picture I got up here is actually a painting by a guy named Dean Tripp. I actually met him and that's, I grabbed it. I bought a copy of it from him. But um, it's called You'll Be Safe Here. Uh, in the painting is a little orphan who's been lost and Batman brings him to a room with literally every kind of hero you can imagine. And so it's called You'll Be Safe Here. It's kind of cool. But we are safe when we walk with the community of believers. We are stronger when we walk with the community of believers. We can have fellowship and truth and learn and grow and be who God wants us to be if we walk with other believers. But if we spend our time alone and we don't get closer to other believers, it's going to be harder for us to get closer to Jesus. If we fall, no one will be there to pick us up. If we get discouraged, we're going to be hurt and lonely. God said it is not good for man to be. When you leave here, get involved in a church. Get involved in a youth group. Find another Christian your age and grab them and be like, walk with me. Not like that, but it's kind of scary. Um, but find another Christian your age and say, I want to walk with you as you walk with Jesus. Have Bible studies together. Pray together. Read the same books of the Bible at the same time just so you can have somebody to talk with it about. My wife and I, our schedules are so busy, we rarely ever get to sit down and say, what are you, you know, I'm reading this, what are you doing? But at least every morning, like even every morning I've been here, I'll get a text message, I read this today. And I'll read what Bible verses my wife read. And I said, well, I read this today. And, you know, and we'll share that with each other. And then when we get together, we get to talk about it. Even across 300 miles, I'm still getting to walk with my wife as she walks with Jesus. Guys, please, don't walk alone. It's, I know you're in a big community here, and it's going to be a lot easier to walk away from this when you get back. To think, my church isn't as cool as camp. No, it's not. Just kidding. Maybe it is. Um, the church is camp, guys. That's the thing. The church isn't just a building at home. God's people are gathered together here. And when God's people are gathered together, you are the... So gather together with others. You may not get swim time, but it's good to walk with other believers, okay? We're not meant to be alone. And now I'm just going to end with this. If you're not a Christian and all of the stuff I've been talking about walking with other believers, before you can walk with other believers, you need to be walking with Jesus. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, He came that we may have life and have it to the fullest. We can't have it to the fullest until we know Him. And I mean this wholeheartedly. You, if we're told that it's not good for man to be alone, we're never going to not be alone 
until we have Jesus. We're always, in some sense, going to be alone until we have Jesus because He's who we're created by and for and who we're supposed to walk with. So if you do not know Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the first step in not walking alone. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for being a creator who is patient with us and forgives us and gives us the opportunity to not walk alone. That you think of us not just on how we can serve ourselves, but how we can serve others. So God, help us to be that person and that family. In Christ's name, amen.